This is the Mark Stucheski Podcast. He's Jim Kreider, and he's on the show. Jim, how you doing? Doing well, Mark. Thanks for having me here today. Now, now you're you're also in Texas, right? Yes, sir. I'm in uh, a little bit, little bit south, or a little bit south of Austin. So oh, okay. Hours. Yeah, I, I love people who are from uh, the country. I mean, the state of Texas, because. Uh, <laughs> We're a different brand of people. Um, so I'm glad you're here. Before we get started, I want to put you in the context with for the audience. Who are you? I mean, we know you're Jim Kreider, but what do you do for, for a living? How do you make your money? Yeah, so I'm what's called a certified financial planner or a, a CFP. Uh, that just means that I, I spend a whole lot of time studying personal finance and how that relates to people's lives. Okay. Now, when you when you talk about finances, you know some people go, "Oh no, I don't," because I was brought up in a household. To this day, I'm 55 years young. I have no idea how much my parents get retirement. I have no idea how much money they make because my parents from from that generation they didn't talk about money. We went on vacations. I never knew how much stuff cost unless we went to a restaurant. And I saw the bill. Um, I'm more open about it because you know with my kids and you know whatnot. What's the point of you know? I'm not going to tell the world how much money I'm making. But why do you think we have the stigma? Why are why are like especially the older generation? Why are they so afraid to talk openly about money? And then more people today are like, yeah, I make thirty eight billion dollars last year. What what's the difference? That's a really good question, and I, I've I've come to recognize that really money is probably the last taboo. Everyone gets their their dirty laundry out there and is okay with talking about anything else except for for money. And I I believe it's because money is closely personal and is a way of identifying what is actually truly important to to you as an individual and as a family. And um, maybe sometimes we feel that if we're if we're using our money in 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 a way that other people would view as being irresponsible, uh, maybe the other people would think less of us. Um, maybe if we we make more money than others, um, and they, they understand that, maybe they'll expect something different from us in our behaviors. But money is it's very personal. Your money is is a tool and a resource that is there to help you do what's important to you in life. So. Um, it's it's nothing more than that. So it's not intrinsically good or intrinsically bad. But I think if people's perception on how you use your money that that you're making and you're spending, I think that there's there's a fear that you'll be judged by others um, because it is measuring stick in that in that sense. You know, show me show me your calendar and show me your show me your budget, and that will tell a great story about really what's important to you in life. I love how Dave Ramsey puts it. You know, money is just like you said, a tool. Money can be used to buy drugs from the cartel and give it to school age children. Money can also be used to build a hospital. So money is not evil. The Bible does say the love of money is the root of all evil. A lot of people who say money's evil, they forget that they forget the part that says it's the love of money. So if you're obsessed over money, and, and let, let me just talk about obsession of money. So if you want to make a lot of money, so you can, like in my case, I want to provide for my family. My mom's a, a three-year-old trapped in a 76-year-old body because she's got late onset Alzheimer's. So I'd like to be able to pay for my parents, you know, pay my parents' debts off, pay for mom's care. You know, if you want to accrue, accrue money for that, that's good. But if you want to accrue money just because you want to buy boats and yachts and universes and go to Mars and all sorts of stuff, you know, you have to, everyone's going to make their own decision. But I think money, like you said, is a tool and it can be used for good or bad. Exactly. Yeah. It's again, it's, it's nothing more and nothing less than a tool and a resource that's there to help you do what's important to you in life. 
So my job um, as a financial planner is to help you make intentional and purposeful decisions and help you navigate um, those financial decisions that you will have throughout your life to make sure you're actually aligning what what is important to you in life with the resources that you have to help you accomplish that. Let's talk about the B word, (laughs) budgeting. Um, A lot of people... They don't want to budget. They're like, oh, it's too restraining. But what I found is when you budget, where you when you tell your money where to go instead of wondering where it went, uh, that's, by the way, if you've been listening to the show for a long time or been following me for a long time, I say tell your time where to go instead of wondering where it went. I got that from Dave Ramsey saying tell your money where to go instead of wondering where it went. Budgeting shouldn't be so scary. It's just saying I may I got $1,000 this month. And where am I going to spend it? And I, I agree. And I want to know your thoughts on this. Dave Ramsey is all about a zero sum budget. So you should allocate every dollar. I think it's really, really important because you get a thousand dollars in. Okay. You're going to spend it somehow, but instead of spending it reactively, have a plan. So what are your thoughts when it comes to budgeting? I, I agree. I ascribe to the uh, pay yourself method. So obviously like I'm, I'm a Christian, so we tithe. Um, but besides that, we have, we have set places that we instruct our money to go that are for the future and for important things for us down the line. Um, so that's already accounted for. We don't miss it because it is already done. We don't have to think about saving those dollars each month. But after that's done, obviously we're going to have the bills and food and all that stuff, but it's, it's no longer a worry. I know exactly that we have hit our savings targets. We've, we've, we've tied, we've done things that are important to us. And if we want to go blow the money on a bunch of ice cream or whatever this month, like, okay, we can. Um, so that's, I ascribe to a semi zero sum budget. I would say, make sure you're paying for the things that are important to you in life. And then after that, you'll have some excess. Okay, we'll go and do with as you will. Be, uh, be responsible for sure. Um, but it's not as painful if you're able to take care of those other things first. So my, my, my wife, for instance, she used to work for a company in, in Dallas that has a phenomenal company match. They do a dollar for dollar, 10% match on their 401k plan. And of course we're going to take wow. take advantage of that. That is, that's, that's a lot of free money, but none of her friends actually use the company match. They, they won't save in their 401k plan. And because they wanted to use the money to travel and go and eat out a lot and those sort of things. And then you know, a few years down the line, they're talking to my wife and you know, she accumulated a pretty good amount of money in her 401k plan. And her friends were talking to her about, wow, I, I wish we could do that, but I don't think we could afford it. And it was never a question of affording for us because it was already done. Now, if we stop the 401k contribution, it felt like we got a raise rather than taking a step back in our income. I love that. By the way, if you're looking for a free, high-quality budgeting app for your iPhone or Android, Dave Ramsey's got an app called Every Dollar, and it's based on the zero-sum budget. I've been using it since it was released a number of years ago. It's so easy to use. You go to the store, you spend 25 hours, you open up the apps, the 25 hours groceries. And my wife and I used to fight about money all the time. When we started using the Every Dollar app, we know where our money's going. As long as you put the information in there, you can say, yeah, we spent this much money on groceries, this much money eating out, you know, and the truth will set you free. So just a resource for the listener. Um, I remember Dave Ramsey was, I don't know if it was on his radio show or one of his uh, Financial Peach University. 
of course, he's a zero, he's a zero sum game. And he, he's had a client. This is way back in the day when Dave used to like meet with people individually. Now, you know, he doesn't do that. He has people doing it for him. But he used to say a guy, he taught the guy the zero sum budget. And then the guy said, Hey, the next time I met, because I won, I, I allocated all my money. I have money left over. And he goes, they said, you don't understand. You have to put that money someplace. And if you have money left over, maybe savings, maybe the kid's college fund, put it someplace. And the guy thought the object was to do the budget and have money left over. No, the budget, the object is the way Dave teaches it is every dollar should have a place, whether that's savings or a college fund or a blow money fund someplace. And that's a concept which was new to me, but I kind of like it. Now, you say you're a semi uh, zero, uh, zero sum uh, budget kind of guy. Explain the explain why you're only a semi believer in that. I, I, I'd say it depends on your your personal discipline. So for me, I'm I'm super frugal. I don't ever buy stuff. So for me, it's very easy to all right. I want to be able to retire at X date and be able to have you know this house in Jackson Hole at some point. Bam, that's that money's going towards that, and then everything else. After we've hit our savings goals, okay, we have X amount of money for the rest of the month that we can spend. And I just naturally am frugal. So I know that you know things will go towards paying the bills and those other things, and I'll still have some left over. Now, I, I would say I'm probably an anomaly. Actually, I, I know I am. I've, I've had thousands, tens of thousands of conversations with clients over the years. And you know, most people, you know, when I ask them what their income, oh, we make 170 a year. Okay, how much do you spend per month? And eh, we spend about three grand a month. Okay, based off of that, after taxes, you should still have about a maybe $100,000 left over to save. Where's that going? Well, I don't have that. Okay, well, your budget's probably wrong. So most people don't actually know where their money's going. So it is important for the majority of people to, I would say, go for a, a zero-sum budget. Just to be accountable to yourself, where is your money going? Because um, it's a lot of people have a hole in their pocket, and it sort of drips out, maybe a, a coffee here and a uh, lunch out there and maybe a little weekend trip. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with coffee or lunch out or weekend trips. It's all about doing what's important to you in life and knowing that your money is going towards those things. And you want to be intentional with that rather than accidentally spending on a lot of things that aren't actually important to you. You know, growing up, I heard um, my, my parents, for instance, I always heard my parents say, gosh, I, I wish that we could go to Europe one day, uh, but we just can't afford it. But it never made sense to me because I saw that we were we were spending pretty good amount of money on cable every month, a few hundred bucks on a cable subscription. So you say that Europe is important to you, but yet you can't afford it. While at the same time you're spending a ton of money on TV. So what truly is important to you? And then just use your money towards that. And if t- if if you can admit that TV is more important to you, important to you than going to Italy for for a week at some point, hey, great, use your money towards it. So I'm not here to tell you what to use your money for and what's important to you. I'm here to help you identify what is important to you in life and then align your your money and your time with those things so it can be put to its highest and best use. Hey there, it's Mark, and I want to invite you to become a Mark Struchowski Insider and get the top five productivity tips for entrepreneurs absolutely free. It all happens over at MrProductivity.com. 
which goes back to what I was saying a little earlier about the Every Dollar app. You don't have to use the Every Dollar app. They're not a sponsor of the show. Uh, but you need to know where your money's going because what happens is if you don't record it someplace, your mind starts telling yourself stories. Well, I'm not spending that much money at Starbucks. I'm not spending that much money you know, with Hulu and Netflix and Amazon Prime Video and what's, whatever the case may be. When you write it down, it becomes real. So whether you use Every Dollar or another app on the App Store or you use a a notebook or you use an Excel spreadsheet, you need to track every dollar you spend so that you know without any degree of uncertainty. You can say, okay, I know where money's going. But to your point, a lot of people, they go to Starbucks, they don't record that. Then they go to McDonald's, they don't record that. And like the example you used, you're like, oh, I don't know where all my money went. Well, I don't because I'm I'm their certified financial planner. If you don't know, how am I going to know? And I just think take that step and just take the, the the it doesn't take long once the system is set up, whatever system you're using, set it up and then commit to yourself, commit to your family that you're going to track every penny you spend. So now you know where your money's going. So you go, wow, we wanted to go to Italy. Why can't we? Oh, geez, look how much money we spend on streaming and eating out and all this other stuff. Now you have your answer. And the, the you know, like anything else, the truth will set you free, but you got to know what the truth is. It's exactly right. And that's whenever I have those conversations with the majority of clients of, hey, there seems to be a hole in your pocket because you said you're making this much, but there's this deficit here of how much you're, you should be saving. Um, let's go ahead and let's use the Every Dollar app or manually track a pen and paper, track your expenses, whatever's going to make you cognizant of where your money's going. Let's do that for, let's do it for three months. And just that itself will make you much more aware over where your money's going and be sort of a reality check toward, to you. Let me ask you about investing because when I was younger and I, I I'm 55 years young. So when I was in the corporate world, you know, my thirties and twenties, when I, you know, 401k invest, invest, invest. And then when I, I, I found Dave, he was out wandering the desert alone. I, I found him. I saved him. Um, it's a little inside joke there. Um, you know, he says it's not really smart to invest when you're in debt. Unless you have a company match. So in other words, if you're buying stocks or you're investing in a REIT, a real estate investment trust, but you're one hundred fifty, two hundred $200,000 in debt, and I agree with him, by the way, I don't think you should invest until you're out of debt because what's happening is you're taking that money, which you could pay down your debt to investing. Now, again, the exception to the rule, which I agree with him, is if your employer's giving you money for free, then by all means, you could do that. What are your thoughts about investing when you're really in debt? Yeah. Uh... Not to be a, not for a cop out answer, but I would say it it depends. Now, if you're telling me you have twenty nine point nine percent credit card debt and uh, at, at seven thousand dollars, and you have a few hundred bucks per month in excess that you could go towards something, um, there's no way I can guarantee you'll get a twenty nine percent rate of return on this mutual fund that you're picking up. But we, I can guarantee that if you pay off this debt, that's a twenty nine percent rate of return. So that to me, that's a no brainer. Now, the ones that for it also comes down to personal preference. If you have a car loan, maybe that's 3%, you know, what's your, um, what's the trade off there? What's the opportunity cost? Um, I, I personally would tend to say, well, where's your conviction lie? And let's allow that to guide it when we're at those, those, those numbers between, let's say, four to, to 8% is sort of let, let's, what's important to you. And, uh, we could, we can figure it out from there. Um, now, as far as the 401k match thing goes, yeah, generally speaking, if you're getting free money, I hate to see that missed. However, um, I, I've had clients that maybe they get a, a, a 
10 cents on the dollar match for the first 5% they contribute. So if you if you contribute 5%, let's say that's you're making $1000, that's 50 bucks per month out of your paycheck, um but your company's only matching uh 10 cents of that 5%. So you're only getting 5 5 bucks from your employer. Well, yeah, you're you're missing company match if you don't contribute to your 401k plan, but really it's a very small amount and if again if we're looking at 29% uh interest rate on a credit card, yeah, you're going to miss out on some company match. It's probably going to make more sense to go ahead and uh, pay down that debt. Now, of course, there's other things to consider. Maybe you're in a real, you're in a super high un- income household and you can afford to pay off debt and save in your 401k. And by contributing to your 401k, you reduce your adjusted gross income. You know, there's, there's a lot more to, to consider there, but in general ter- terms, yeah, you want to tackle like super high interest debt before you're looking at, you know, buying a mutual fund just, just for fun. Now, you mentioned you've talked to thousands of clients over the years. I'd love to know, what are some of the excuses, some of the more humorous excuses they've given you when you when you say, look, the numbers aren't adding up. Where's all this extra money going that you can't account for? I'd love to know, what are some of the really, really like way out in your Pluto excuses that cause you to go, what? And any of those pop into mind for you? Oh, man, I've got a notebook. I'm going to write a book one day. You You wouldn't believe... <laughs> The conversations I've had. Uh, the first one that comes to mind, I, I spoke with a gentleman once. He was in his mid-60s. He had just given us two weeks from his employer because he was ready to retire. And that's when we started talking. Hey, I'm ready to retire. I want to take out my $400,000 from my 401k plan. Oh, perfect. Well, let's take a look and trying to get things pulled up and see what's going on in his account. And I let him know, sir, you 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 don't have any money in your in your account here. Oh, yeah, I do. It's part of a, it's a benefit of my employer. Back and forth of frustration on on his end, came to find out that he thought a four hundred one k meant that when you retire, your employer gives you four hundred and one thousand dollars. He had never started his four hundred one k. He thought he thought that four hundred one k meant four hundred one thousand. He had never saved for retirement. He was in his mid sixties and was was ready to be done. Um, So that that one was, gosh, that's painful. But I, I have I have hundreds, hundreds of these stories. And uh, yeah, it's obviously every, everyone wants to, everyone wants to do in life what's important to them. And again, your money's a way of doing that. And if that's living today and not worrying about the future or being really conservative today so you can live well in the future or this, whatever balances in between, everyone aspires to do something in that spectrum. However, very few people actually know how to use their money in a way that actually makes the most sense. And that's all the way from what does a 401k do? What's the difference between pre-tax and Roth to how do you do these really neat tax strategies to save in taxes or um, go ahead and um, more efficiently pass funds to your, your estate or your heirs? Um, yeah, we can get super granular in those areas, but it's it's a lack of education and also a lack of understanding who do you turn to? You know, there's, it, it's pretty easy to call yourself a financial advisor. You can go and pass a test that takes maybe a weekend to study for and put financial advisor on a business card and then go out and start selling products. But unfortunately, I've, I've talked to a lot of people after the fact and helped them realize there's a really big difference between a financial advisor or a financial planner and then a salesman who just happens to sell a financial product. And that's something you want to be very cognizant of. If you're looking for a financial planner to talk with, um, one, you want to understand um, what does financial planning mean to this person? 
what, how do they define that and how does it impact the job that they do? And then second off, how are they paid and what am I paying for here? Those are the two biggest questions you want to have. If financial planning just means sticking you in a mutual fund that will probably grow by X percent by the time you're in your mid-60s, um, that's, that's not much of a plan in my, uh, in my opinion. Um, financial planning, and it, do you mind, Mark, if I tell you a quick story? No, go right ahead. Okay. So this, again, this, this gives the, the, the most salient illustration of what I do. Um, I, I love what I do for a living. I, I'm the only person I've ever met that reread my CFP books after I passed my test, um, just, just for fun. Um, I love it. My, my poor wife, my wife, her name's Kendra. Kendra has to hear me talk about this stuff all the time. Like, wow, this is amazing tax strategy. If we do this, this, and this, you can save, you know, our family will be able to save $12,000 in taxes in 2021. This is incredible. I, I love this stuff. And my wife, a few years ago, you know, over dinner, hearing me talk about another tax strategy I found, she said, well, she said, Jim, I, I don't understand how you like your job so much. Like, well, wh- what do you, what do you think that I do? And she sat back and said, well, when I think of a financial planner, I picture an, an old, an old guy in a mahogany office wearing a really nice suit and cufflinks and one of those white collared shirts. And we sit back and he quizzes me for a few hours over why am I spending so much on makeup and clothes and how much am I going to need to spend on utilities when I'm 73? And um, what do I, how do I feel about these certain mutual funds? And then he gives me a two inch thick packet of papers with graphs and charts and fund for performance. I don't know what it means, but I have to pretend like I do because otherwise I feel stupid. Then he tells me that I may or may not be able to retire in 30 years. Come back and next year and we'll talk again. So that, that sounds really boring as a job. And it also sounds like a really bad client experience. So, okay, well, if that's what you think that I do and what a financial advisor is in your head, what would be a good experience for you as a client? And then she, she sat back for a minute and thought, and then she said, I wish there was someone that you and I could go in and sit down together and talk with. We could talk with them about what we want our life to look like and if and how we can have those things happen. Would it, at this point, she was working. She said, would it be possible for me to stay at home with our kids and watch the boys grow up rather than sending them to daycare? And what's the financial impact of sending them to public school versus private school or homeschool? And could you start your own business one day? Is that possible? And maybe, maybe could we have a house in the mountains? So I, I, I just want someone who can help guide us and make good decisions around the things that we want in our life, help us understand if it's possible and help us actually navigate towards those things. And I just sat there with a grin on my face. And I said, That's a, that is exactly what I do. Again, my job is to help my clients actually identify what is important to you. And then guide you along the way to make sure you're actually using your money for that purpose. So it's, it's, it's not about the, the charts and graphs and the mutual funds and the CDs and the stocks and bonds. It's about your life. And I get excited about those number things because when I see that we can save somebody, you know, $7,000 this year by doing, you know, whatever strategy, that's $7,000 more that can go towards that vacation in the mountains with your family that you've been looking forward to for a decade. Or that's a little bit more that you can put to your daughter's wedding fund. That is what excites me. Hey, I now have an affiliate program where you can earn up to 30% commission just for referring people to my paid program. To find out more, go to mrproductivity.com, scroll to the bottom of the page, and click the link.
That's uh, I appreciate you sharing that. And, uh, you know, retirement to me is a vulgar word because you know, I'm 55, as I mentioned earlier. And what I do, I I don't do physical labor. And when people go, well, Mark, you're 55. What are your plans for retirement? I'm like, dude, we're in church. Why are you swearing? I'm like, what do you mean? Like, Why would I want to retire from something I love to do? I mean, I know people in their 90s still doing coaching and mentoring and stuff like that. So I, I don't want to retire. You know, if you want to retire, fine. But people go, well, think of all the free time you'd have when you retire. I'm like, I could do whatever I want right now. I mean, literally, I could set my schedule up and do whatever I wanted to do. I mean, I I run every day and I run in the middle of the day because I could do whatever I want to do. So I don't want to retire. But I, what I want to make sure someone knows, because this really affected my family. Uh, Dave Ramsey teaches that when you're 60 years old or a few years before, you should go gift yourself long-term care insurance. And when I first heard that, my parents were 60. And I told my mom and dad, I said, look it, you need to go get long-term care. And my parents said, nope. We don't need it. Well, now mom's got late onset Alzheimer's and dad's having to worry about Medicaid and, and trying to get approval for time. And I'm never going to bring it up to him, but all he's brought up to me. He says, man, I wish I would have listened to you. I wish I would have, because not that they would have paid for everything and gold care, but he would have had a lot less stress than he is now. So I'm actually now at 55, I'm beginning to look into long-term care because my mother's mother died of Alzheimer's. My mom's got Alzheimer's. And I just, even though I'm taking really good care of myself, I want to have this for my wife. Okay. So please listener, if you don't get anything else out of this podcast, because you know, Jim gave you a ton of information. Okay. Go talk to someone about long-term care because you assume, oh, Alzheimer's doesn't run in my family or cancer doesn't run in my family. You don't know what's going to happen 5, 10, 15, 20, 30 years. You have no idea. You can't predict the future. Okay. I mean, I'm a Christian like Jim is, but God's not telling us what's going to happen down the road. So getting long-term care is not for you. It's for your loved ones. And I just want people to think about that because my father is going through a lot of stress right now, having to deal with the government, uh, having to deal with you know Medicaid people and having people come to the homes and whatnot. And um, please look into long-term care, especially if you're in your mid mid to late fifties, because it's not about you. It's about your, it's about your, your loved ones that you leave behind. So, or who are caring for you. So any final thoughts before we wrap up on the show today about anything we talked about, Jim? Yeah, I actually want to, that point you made a second ago, retirement being a, a four-letter word. Um, yeah, that's, so I work specifically with young families who want to be able to reach early financial independence. Now, what I found is, um, at least my my generation, I'm, I I guess I'm a millennial. Um, <laughs> it's, the, the, that seems to be a bad word as well, but I, I'm a millennial and my my generation, it seems, doesn't like the word retirement, but rather work optionality. I want to be able to have time freedom so I can be with who I want to be with, where I want to be, doing the things I'm actually passionate about. So that's actually my firm itself. I work specifically with families in their mid-20s to mid-40s who want early financial independence specifically for the purpose of being able to spend more time with the people they love and actually pursuing their passions. And it's not about not having to work. It's about having the ability and the optionality to do what's important to you with the people that you care about. Wow. Well, the final question I have for you, sir, is where can we go find out more about you, what you're doing in the world? How can we get in touch with you if we want to sit down and have a Zoom call with you and find out about you know what we can do to either retire or have work optionality down the road? Yeah. My website is intentionalliving, 
fp.com. And you can go there and um, feel free. I'll have my calendar available and you can put 15 minutes on my calendar just to chat. If that's finding out more about the firm or if it's as simple as asking what's a 401k versus an IRA, I'd be more than happy to talk and be of help. And if you use the code Mark, you'll get $401,000 by talking to Jim. No, just kidding. <laughs> it's a joke. It's a joke. That's amazing. That story was amazing. So Jim, thank you so much for being on the show today. This was a ton of fun. Thanks, Mark. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Mark Stuchewski podcast. I really hope it served you well today. Now head on over to my website, mrproductivity.com. Sign up to be a free Mark Stuchewski insider. Get my top five productivity tips for entrepreneurs. Absolutely free. It's my gift to you. And until tomorrow, my friend, go be productive.